This is the story of the good, the bad, and the ugly. Samaritan. What? I ain't ugly. Sorry. I mean the good Samaritan. Out there in the desert, in the wild, there was a weary traveler. Oh, oh, hi. I'm Todd. Todd the tourist. I, I was late for my bus tour, so I guess I'll just start walking down that dirty, scary road. Doop-de-doo. It's a beautiful day, and I feel so safe. On his journey, he was attacked by bandits. Huh? Huh? Oh, they beat him and robbed him and left him for dead. Food for the vultures. I don't remember that in the brochure. Lucky for him, there was a priest. Marriage is what brings us together today. Traveling the same dusty road. Oh, what a lovely day today. I feel so safe and... <gasps> Look! Look at the weary traveler. The traveler hurt his arms and his legs and his face. And when the priest saw the bloody and beaten man. So sorry. I'm running late for church. Glory, glory. He distanced himself from the body and kept walking. As luck would have it, there was another traveler on the same road, a Levite. Are you a Levite? Well, I am wearing Levi jeans, so... Okay, then. Well, this Levi also avoided the injured man. Sorry, man. Can't get blood on these Levi jeans. Uh, Come on, man. Leaving him for dead. And when all hope seemed lost, in the distance, riding on a donkey, came a Samaritan. And he saw the injured man and had compassion on him. Oh, boy. He bandaged his wounds and rode him into town. You good, Todd? Let's go. Checking him into the local inn, the Samaritan paid for everything. He became known around those parts as the Good Samaritan. Welcome to My Tribe Live. We're going to have some fun tonight. Are you ready? I am so excited. This is fun. We're kind of having like a movie night. This is so fun, and and it's really, it's, I, I kind of feel like I'm in a movie. I feel like I'm in, like, Cars Part 4. Like, this is a Pixar movie, and I'm preaching to Cars and hoping, you know, like, Nissans get saved and stuff. This is, <laughs> Nissans need Jesus, amen. Um, what, here's what we're going to do tonight. We are going to, I'm just so excited. We are about to take you on a wild ride through the Bible in chronological order. Here's what I mean by that. We are going to take you from Genesis all the way to the New Testament in one hour. I promise. We're not going to be here till sunrise. All right. We're going to take you in one hour from Genesis all the way through the book of Matthew. But we're going to do it in the historically accurate timeline. And here's why. Sometimes the Bible can be a little confusing. Because some books of the Bible appear earlier before they actually happened in the historic timeline. And it can be confusing to understand all these characters. So tonight, we are going to help you understand the Bible in a deeper way than you ever have before. And here's why I believe it's so important. Because the teachings of Jesus are going to come to life when you understand the historical context of the Old Testament. Are you ready? 
Here we go. Now, what we're going to do is anytime the video plays, we're going to dim these lights for you so that you can see the screen. Are you guys ready? Our story tonight begins with none other than Father Abraham. How does a Hebrew nomad, just a man with no land, married to his barren sister Sarah, who's got no lads, known as Abram, but name changed to Abraham, become the father of a nation? How does this Hebrew nomad then become a soul dad to an entire group of people who are known as Christians? Listen, this is the story of his fame. You need to know his name. What's his name? My name is Father, Father Abraham. My name is Father, Father Abraham. And there's a lot of kids I haven't had. But just you wait. Just you wait. Genesis 11, 27's where we meet him. Leaving his breed and singing, I am headed for my Eden being free. He was becoming a new man. A new man, new man to a new land. A new man moving to a new land. A new man moving to a new land. A new man moving to a new land. That's how our story begins. But here's what's amazing about Father Abraham. Uh, his name was not actually Abraham. He was born with the name Abram. Everyone say Abram. We're going to show you on the screen here. That was his name. And Abram was translated father. But guess what? Abram didn't have any kids. So God changed his name. From Abram to Abraham. Abraham is translated father of a bunch of people. So Abraham didn't have any kids and God was like, okay, I'll change your name from father to father of a bunch of people. I love how God doesn't name call, he name changes. See, when I grew up in school, everyone called me names, but God doesn't call me names. He changes my name to something better. And I love that. Some of you know this, but my parents let my four-year-old brother name me. They let a four-year-old give me a name. I was this close to being named Poopstick. But praise Jesus, I was named Jason David because his two best friends were Jason and David. I lucked out, my friends. But God changed Abram's name to Abraham. And he said, don't worry, Abraham, you're going to be a father. And guess what? It happened. Abraham had a son whose name was Isaac. I'm going to show you on the screen here what I think he might have looked like. That looks like a fun kid. That was Isaac. And then something really, really strange happens in the Bible. One of, if I may be honest, one of the weirdest stories in the Bible. If I can just be real tonight, sometime, when I was growing up, this story made me very uncomfortable. Because God comes to Abraham and he says, hey, I want you to sacrifice your son, Isaac. Now, some of you parents, that was tempting during quarantine, wasn't it? You were praying that God might speak to you about that same thing. Like, oh my goodness, 24 hours together. God comes to him. And what a weird story to have to tell your kids. In fact, I've always imagined it must be challenging. It must be challenging to be a Sunday school teacher 
trying to tell this story to their kids. In fact, I brought a little example of what I think it might feel like. Here we go. Welcome to story time. Today's wholesome children's tale comes from the good book of the Bible. <laughs> Let's start with Genesis 22. Oh, not this page. Ah, here it is. Boys and girls, settle down. I'm reading the Bible. God said to Abram, take your son Isaac, whom you love. Oh, how cute. It's a father. Father-son story. <laughs> a father-son story. Get your finger out of your nose. We're reading the Bible. Take your son Isaac, whom you love, and kill him. Uh, uh, and and burn him as an offering. What am I reading? Is this the Bible? This is the Bible. This is the Bible. It's the Bible. Stop crying, Jimmy. So Abraham took his son and a knife. Uh, it's, it's okay. It's, uh, it's the Bible. It's okay. Stop. Stop screaming. Stop crying. Stop crying, Jimmy. I'm sure it's going to get better, kids. Just keep reading. So Abraham took his son Isaac and bound him in rope and put him on the altar and then took his knife to slaughter his son. No! This can't be right. What are we reading? I'm sorry, Terrence. Terrence, uh, alert. Uh, how do you use a cell phone? Siri, call all the parents. All of them. Come pick up your kid. There are kids crying. There are kids screaming. That kid in the back just passed out. Siri, help me. Parents, please pick up your kids immediately. Sunday school has been canceled. Somebody help me. I am bad with babies. So, that's how I imagine it might feel like to be a Sunday school teacher trying to tell this story. Um, but, here's what I actually love about this story. Did you know that the first time we ever see the word love in the Bible is in this story? The first time we ever see the word love in the Bible is in this story. This story is not actually about death. It's about life and resurrection. But I don't have time to go into it. We do a whole episode about it. I'm going to keep moving so that we can wrap the show up within one hour. So here's what happens next. Isaac has a son whose name was Jacob. I'm going to show you what I think Jacob might have looked like. If you, if you can notice, he's a pretty shady guy, isn't he? <laughs> he's got shades. The name Jacob actually means deceiver, heel grabber. It's not the best name. So God, once again, changes someone's name. He changes his name from Jacob to Israel. Who here has heard of Israel? Right? Most of us know about the nation of Israel. This is where it all begins. This man right here. Israel, that's where we get the name Israel. And the name Israel means I struggled and I overcame. And that's going to be the story of God's people. They struggle, but they overcome. And we're going to follow Israel as his family struggles and overcomes. Now, anyone here like Star Wars? Anyone like Star Wars? Praise God. Me too. Here's the thing about Star Wars, though. 
the whole franchise of Star Wars is really just reality TV. It's about one family, the Skywalkers, and it's all about their family drama. If you really break down Star Wars, it is all about the Skywalkers family drama. It's like, it's like keeping up with the Kardashians, but with way less plastic. <laughs> all right? So... When you watch Star... <laughs> I, I, I had some laughs about 20 seconds later. When you watch Star Wars, you're watching the drama of one family. Well, when you read the Bible, it's very similar. You're watching the drama of Israel's family as they go from being a family to a tribe to a nation. And here's where it begins. Israel has 12 sons. I want you to help me count them. Are you ready? Here we go. Um... One, two, three, four, 12. He's got 12 sons. And I want to introduce you to one of them. Now, I know, I know I'm throwing a lot of names at you. But tonight, I only want you to memorize three names. That's it. And one of them, you already met. Israel. Everyone say, Israel. Israel. Say, Israel. Israel. Boom. You've already got one name memorized. The next name I want to introduce you to is one of Israel's sons. Judah. This is Judah. I decided to make him Judah. He just looks like a Judah. Doesn't he look like a Judah? So, his name was Judah. Judah is going to become very important to follow his story. But he was just one of 12 sons. And they were called the 12 sons of Israel. If Israel had never had his name changed, they would have been the 12 sons of Jacob. If they were my sons, they would have been the 12 sons of Poopstick. I mean, the 12 sons of Jason. But they were the 12 sons of Israel. And those 12 sons began to get married. Some of them got extra married. They began to have really big families. They became the 12 families of Israel. Those families got so big that they became tribes. And they became known as the 12 tribes of Israel. Who's heard of the 12 tribes of Israel? This is where, this is where they begin. The 12 tribes of Israel. And we're going to watch these 12 tribes as they struggle and overcome. Now, their struggles begin when they become slaves in Egypt. They face their first empire. They become slaves in Egypt. But God raises up a hero, a deliverer to rescue them. And his name was Moses. <laughs> God, that tickles. That really tickles. Hear ye, hear ye. The Ten Commandments. Ah, oh, man, we hate rules. Well, it's just ten, and they're pretty easy to follow. So, rule number one, don't worship any other gods. What about this cow? That's right. Worship me. Worship me. Put your hands in the air like you just don't care. Say hey. Say ho. Say hey. Worshipping him. Why? How do you worship a cow? Like this. You just bow down and you say, Holy cow. Holy cow. That's ridiculous. You already messed up the first commandment. Rule number two. Don't make any graven image. You already messed that one up too with the cow. It's getting hot in here. So take off all your... Okay. Rule number three. Don't say God's name in vain. OMG. Well, you messed that one up too. Let's just get through these before you break all of them. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Honor your parents. Don't... Don't kill anybody. Oh. Whoops. Uh, at what point does that uh, rule take into effect? Like, could we start in five minutes? 
after I finished killing this guy? Seriously? How hard is it not to kill somebody? Next, don't commit adultery. Yo, too late. Don't steal. Yo, really too late. And don't lie. Yo, yo, I never done that. No, 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 man. I never lie. Are you kidding me? Don't lust after your neighbor's wife or covet any of his stuff. Hey, girl. Uh, I'm married. So? Are you even listening to Moses? Way to go, everybody. You broke all ten. I'm so angry. I'm so mad. I could just... Uh, uh, Moses just broke all ten commandments. OMG! Let's play a game. I brought my friend, the Holy Cow... And we're gonna have some fun tonight. We gotta keep this ball in the air. Don't let it touch the ground. Are you ready? Three, two, one, go! Alright, we got one. We got two. We got three. Oh no! Let's do it again. Three is our record. One, two, three, four. We got four. A new record. Cal, go ahead and take the spotlight. You got this. One, two, three, four, five. New record, six, seven, eight, nine. Wait, use your face. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. 16 is a new record. Can we beat that? Here we go. One. We got one. That's also a new record. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. All right, let's bring it to the side. Let's bring it to the side. Here we go. Alright, the record is 16. Are you ready? Are you ready? Here we go. She's like, no! One. We got, we got, we kinda had two right there. Here we go. One, two, three. We got three, we got three. Let's bring it to the center. Let's bring it to the center. Are you ready? Are you ready? Right here. One, two. We got two. Praise Jesus. Alright, let's bring it back over here for the last one. Here we go. We got one, two. Right here. Last time. Here we go. 16th record. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. We're almost there to a new record. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Wow, that was close. 20 seconds left. Last time. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Awesome. Give yourselves a hand. Give yourselves a hand. You can give the cow her ball back. Give it up for the holy cow. Now you, you might be wondering, why did we just party with a cow? And I believe that's what God was asking Israel. Because the 12 tribes of Israel began to party with a cow. They began to worship a cow. In fact, they began to sacrifice their kids to a cow. Parents, don't get any ideas. They began to worship a cow instead of God. And you know why they did that? Because all the nations around them were doing that. And Israel wanted to be just like everybody else. We do this too sometimes. We so long to be accepted. We so long to be like all those around us that we make silly compromises like worshiping a cow. And it got worse because not only did they worship a cow, 
they decided, you know what, God? Not only do we not want to worship you, we don't even want you to be our king. Because all the nations around us, they have a human king. And that's what we want. So they got together, and they got a new human king. My friends, this really backfired. They ended up with none other than King Saul. Ow! I don't like you. Ow! was King Saul and young David. You see, young David had just defeated Goliath, and King Saul was getting a little jelly, and that's how he responded out of jealousy. I'm going to show you the kingdom of Israel. I'm going to show you the domain that King Saul was in charge of. Let's take a look at this map right here. This actually is a map of modern-day Israel, but everything you see in this greenish area, everything within this border... Everything the light touches. That is going to be like kingdom of Israel. Now, I don't have time to explain to you why what happened next happened. It was a big deal. We do a whole episode about it. It's crazy. But I'm just going to jump to the end of that episode and tell you what happened. Something very tragic and sad happened. The kingdom of Israel had a civil war. A civil war that split them in two. Now remember, this began with 12 families. This is like your family breaking apart. And some of us know this feeling. This is like, this is like getting a divorce. Seeing the family broken in two. Ten of the tribes went north and called themselves Northern Israel. Two of the tribes stayed in the south. They called themselves Judah. Because one of those tribes was Judah, and the other one was a tiny tribe called Benjamin. So Judah was like, we're just going to call ourselves Judah. I'm going to show you the capital of northern Israel, because here comes your third memorization word. First, we learned about Israel. Everyone say Israel. Israel. Then we learned about his son Judah. Everyone say Judah. And now we're going to learn our third and final memory word. The capital of northern Israel was Samaria. This is where we're going to get the word Samaritans. Who's heard of the Samaritans? That's going to be your third and final word. Everyone say Samaritans. Samaria is where we get the word Samaritans. And Judah is where we get the word Jew. The Jews are from Judah. And the Samaritans are from Samaria. Already we're beginning to see this rift between the Jews of the Bible and the Samaritans. And then 
something massive happens. A new empire comes to power. The most violent and aggressive barbaric empire we'd ever known at that time. It was the empire of Assyria. They came in and they dominated their enemies. They would go in and just annihilate people. And I'm going to give you an example of this. I used to play basketball. I, I know I don't look like it, but I used to play basketball. Now, unfortunately, the school where I went to, um, well, we were all just a bunch of small white Dutch kids, okay? We had no business playing basketball. Now, my best friend, my best friend, he was this tall African-American, just amazing, funny guy, just talented guy. Him and I would go places, and we just looked like an awkward Oreo cookie. Because <laughs> I'd be the small white kid, and he was this tall black kid, and man, we had so much fun together. But he played for another basketball team, and they came to our school. Their freshmen could dunk. Our seniors couldn't even jump. Can I tell you what the score was? 96 to 4. 96 to 4. And in case you're wondering, my team had 4. <laughs> but I, I want to brag. I want to brag and let you know. Statistically, it was my best night. I scored 25% of our points because I had one free throw. Normally, my statistics were 0%. So I was pretty proud of myself that night. But they came in and they dominated us. And that's what Assyria would do. Assyria would come into a country. And they would kill almost all the people. And they'd take a few survivors and remove them from their, from their land. And place them in other territories that they had conquered. And one day, the empire of Assyria invaded northern Israel. They came in and they destroyed all ten tribes of Israel. They burned their city to the ground. They slaughtered most of the men, women, and children. A few who survived were taken and removed to other lands. And all that was left was Judah. Now we began tonight with twelve sons and twelve tribes. But to put it simply, all that's left is Judah. My friends, this is like losing 11 out of your 12 family members. Let me put it in some modern day language. Assyria, statistically, proportionally, percentage wise, killed more Jews than Hitler did. They killed over 80%. Of Israel. Tragic. Terrible. But don't worry my friends. It gets worse. Because then. Judah got invaded. By a new empire. The empire of Babylon. Now. I need to explain. This picture for you. Um, yes. This is my friend Louis. In an Elvis costume. Uh, I need to explain. So we've been going through the Bible. And there's a lot of kings in the Bible. And I was running out of king costumes. So we got creative. And we figured, you know, Elvis was known as the king. So King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon is now an Elvis impersonator. That's just, that's just what we went with. And when Judah, Judah gets taken away from their home all the way to Babylon, it's kind of like being kidnapped. It's like someone comes into your home. And they pick you up and take you to a whole other country named Babylon. That's what happened to Judah. 
And in Babylon, we get some of my favorite Bible stories. For example, we get the story that I like to call the Fantastic Four. Ooh, I said a one for the money, a two for the show, a three to get ready to bow down and worship me. No! no. Guards, turn that heat up. I feel the temperature rising higher and higher. Oh, oh man, we should have brought s'mores. What? You brought popcorn? <laughs> I want some. Genius. Wait a minute, am I bad at math? I thought we threw three men into that fire, but now I'm counting four, and one of them is shining like the Son of God. I love this story. I call it the Fantastic Four, because Babylon threw three men from Judah into that fire, but a fourth one showed up, and I believe it was Jesus, the Fantastic Fourth. And we do a whole episode on this story. I love this story. But then right after that, another one of my favorite stories happens. Who here has heard of Daniel and the lion's den? All right, my friends. I've always wondered, when King Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, created his lion's den, he must have done some auditions for the lions so he could pick the scary ones. So right now, I want to show you what those lion auditions might have looked like. We now return to Babylon, where King Nebuchadnezzar is auditioning lions for his new lion's den. Okay, lions, I'm looking for tough, scary, man-eating lions for my epic new lion's den. It's kind of a birthday present to me. Okay, first lion. Be prepared. Okay, this isn't a musical, people. You belong in a child's cartoon or something. What? I'm looking for evil scary, like a, like a villain who would betray his own brother and nephew in an attempt to take the throne, like some kind of lion king. I don't know, that's just an example. I just don't believe that you would ever do something like that. Just not convincing. Next! Well, that's, that's kind of scary, I guess. I'm, I'm sorry, can I, I'm nervous. Can I start from the beginning? Yawn! Not scary! Uh, uh, look at me! Mm -mm. That's what I should be doing. <laughs> now we're getting somewhere! Meow! What? What was that? Meow! Are you even a lion? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a lion. I'm just a weasel lion. Hungry for some pancakes. Pancakes? Pancakes. Pancakes. Pancakes! What? I don't serve my lion's pancakes. I serve them disobedient servants and enemies that disobey me. What about disobedient pancakes? What? No, no, humans. You're supposed to be eating humans. I, are you not a man-eating lion? I was told you were building a new Denny's. I'm here for Denny's. To eat some pancakes. Denny's? What? No, no, not a, not a Denny's. A den. I'm, I'm building a lion's den. Not a lion's Denny's. Oh, bummer. Now, give me a roar. Okay. Meow. <clears throat> <sighs> I said a roar. Meow. What was that? I, I don't know. I don't really want to eat anybody, sir. I just want pancakes. Pancakes? Pancakes. 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 Like a Denny's. This isn't a Denny's. This is a lion's. Den! A lion's den with pancakes! No! Do you have any pancakes? No! How about syrup? Now why would I have syrup? For my pancakes! I just said we don't have any pancakes! Can I speak to your manager? I thought this was a lion's denny's! For the last time! This isn't a denny's! This is a lion's den! 
understand. Oh, I understand. Okay, okay. I get it. I understand. I understand. Um, do you have any waffles? No. French toast? No. All right, well, then I'll just take some pancakes. <laughs> so, that's what I like to imagine might have happened. Not very biblical, but it's fun. It's fun to imagine. Here's what I love about the Bible stories of Babylon. Babylon was trying to change the people of Judah. Babylon was trying to get Judah to not worship God. They were threatening them with fire and with lions. But these brave men and women of Judah refused to bow down to the king of Babylon. And they stood for God. And they longed for the day. They prayed for the day that they could return home. Have you ever just wanted to go home? Long day at work. Long day at school. I don't know. <laughs> I got an amen from hopefully a Nissan. <laughs> yeah. You ever just want to go? Maybe you're on a long trip and you're like, I just want to go home. That's how Judah felt. But my friends, let me show you what happened when they returned home. They returned home to find that their home was in ruins. Their homes had been burned to the ground. The gates were broken. The walls were destroyed. Their capital of Jerusalem was just shambles. Have you ever returned home? And Some of us have, have had that experience. Some of us have lost a home in the fire. and You know what it's like to, to lose a home. And that's how they felt. They lost their home. It really was what some people might call a fixer-upper. Welcome to Fixer Upper. I'm Chip. And I'm Joanna Gaines. And we take broken down homes and transform them into beautiful living spaces. And today's Fixer Upper is Jerusalem, located not far from the Sea of Galilee. It's a great place to swim and an even better place to walk on water. That's right, Chip. But the only problem is it's a Fixer Upper. It sure is, Joe. I mean, it's bad. Like, it's really bad. Like, it's literally on fire right now. It's in ruins. I mean, the walls are broken. Well, I do like removing walls and having a more open floor plan. Well, this is a pretty big open floor plan because there's no door. It might be too open. Mm-hmm. And Joe? Yes, babe? We've got a raccoon problem. Like a really, really big raccoon problem. I thought I saw a few of those raccoons as we were driving in. Mm-hmm. And these raccoons are getting ferocious. One of them stole my wallet. Really? Yeah, he held me at gunpoint. What can I say, Chip? It's a fixer-upper. It sure is. But, but I don't think we can fix this. Welcome back to Fixer-Upper. I'm Chip. And this is Joanna Gaines. Check, check, check. And then I'm Joanna Gaines. <laughs> That's right. And we, uh, what do we do, babe? What do we do, babe? Well, we fix up. We help people who are who need help fixing up their homes. That's right, babe. That's, That's right, babe. That's right. So tell them what happened. The people of Judah came to us. And what they say, babe? Well, the people of Judah, they really needed some help fixing up their home. That's and right. guess what? They came up to us and they said they needed our help. That's right, babe. Now, babe, can I tell you something, babe? That's right, babe. Go for it. Well, babe, you know what, babe? Yes, babe. We got to tell these people, babe. We need to tell them. We're expensive. That's I mean, right. We got bills to pay. We got family. We got five kids. And 20 goats. That's and those right. are kids, too. And we got that TV show. So, that's right. So, you know what happened, babe? What, babe? Tell, tell me. Tell, you know what? The Samaritans. The Samaritans. The Samaritans up north. They came down to Judah and they said, hey, we'll help you. The Samaritans. The Samaritans said, we'll help you build your home. For free. For free. They were going to help. 
the, the, the people from Judah for free. For free. And what did we, what did we think? We, we just thought that was crazy. We, we thought they should do it. I mean, we're expensive. Yeah, yeah we said, just, but just might as well accept the help of the Exce- Samaritans. It's free. It's free. Just accept but the babe, help. Babe. What happened, babe? We got to tell them, babe. Yes, we got to tell them. Tell them, babe. What happened, babe? The people from Judah, mm-hmm. they gave the Samaritans the stink eye. Oh, it was stinky. They the gave stink them the stink eye. They just glared at them, mm-hmm. and they said, no way, Jose. No way, Jose. No way, Jose. That wasn't even their name, but they yeah. said it. They yeah. said, no way, Jose. That's right. That's, That's right. right. Samaritans basically had a peace offer. We're trying to just give an olive branch. That's and, right. And the people of Judah said, uh-uh. Mm-mm. Talk to the hand. Talk to the hand. Talk to the hand. And uh, we thought that was a bad idea. Bad idea. But you know what? We took their money. We took, yeah. And we said, okay, <laughs> we, fine, we'll help. Well, to be honest, we weren't there. No, we were not, but actually. That Nehemiah was, and Ezra yeah. helped the people yeah. rebuild the wall. It was actually Ezra and Nehemiah, That's not, right. not us, actually. Not us. Don't want to no. confuse you. Yeah, don't. Yeah, we sorry were not that. alive back then. No, no, we were But ladies not. and gentlemen, once they rebuilt Judah, that ends the Old Testament. That's right. We just finished the Old Testament. Woohoo! And... We're now going to time travel 400 400 years, years. 400 years into the future. To the beginning of the New Testament. Where, babe, what just happened? A new empire just took over. The biggest, baddest, most Mm -hmm. ruthless empire the planet has ever seen. The The Romans. Romans. Hey, what's up? We are Romans. I'm a Roman. Mm -hmm. And back in Rome, we are a very, very big deal. We're so popular. popular. Everyone wants to hang out, take pictures with us. I don't even know what that is. Mm -hmm. Play play with the little fuzzy red thing. Do they play with your fuzzy? Oh, always playing with my fuzzy little hair. One kid left gum in mine. I hate that. I see the gum there. Yeah. And there's your problem. You're you're wearing your helmet wrong. You're you're wearing your helmet wrong. It's turned sideways. You look like a red skunk. A skunk? Well, you you look like a like a rainbow with only one color. Maybe that's what I'm going for. Doesn't make any sense. Why it's, would you go for that? It's the color of blood. Blood. Well, we love blood. We do like blood. We do like mm-hmm. blood. And you know what? We're Romans, so we can do whatever we whatever. want. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. No one to tell us no or where to. Well, they do tell us where to go. We go to war. Yeah. We. Oh, I love. Oh, I love. I love war. the smell of war. In Always the go, to, go to war. Even uh, if, even on Mondays. Mm-hmm. We make time on Mondays. Uh huh. If it's a Tuesday, mm-hmm. we'll go to war. Go to war. Uh, Wednesday. Wednesday. There's always war. Always war on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. It's actually called War Wednesday. War Wednesday. That's yeah. And on the weekend. Mm hmm. Go to work. And this is where things get a little wild. We now find ourselves in the New Testament. We find ourselves in the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. A new empire has taken over, the empire of Rome. And during this wild time, Jesus arrives and begins preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And when he does so, he likes to use parables. Who here has heard of parables? Parables are simply a story that has a lesson, a story that has meaning, a story that has symbolism. Everyone say symbolism. A story that has a good moral. So as we end this night, I would like to talk to you about the most famous parable Jesus ever told. It's my favorite parable that he ever told. To begin this parable, he reminds his audience of a famous scripture verse from the Old Testament in the book of Leviticus. We're going to read it together. It says this, Do not seek revenge 
or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. And we say, love your neighbor. Who here has heard of this verse? Love your neighbor as yourself. So, as Jesus tells the story, one of the religious lawyers looks at him and says, Okay, Jesus, who is my neighbor? And Jesus responds by telling the story of the good Samaritan. Now, I want to help you understand how significant this is. When Jesus made the Samaritan the hero of the story, do you know how offensive that was to the Jewish people? The Jewish people in the Bible. Do you know how offensive that was to them? This parable is the most controversial parable in the Bible. And I'm going to say something. I'm very uncomfortable even using this word. It makes my mouth feel dirty. But saying the good Samaritan to them was like saying the good Nazi. You see, when I said that, it kind of got quiet. We got a little uncomfortable. We're like, but that's exactly how they would have felt when Jesus talked about the Samaritan. Because remember, some of those Samaritans had been loyal to Assyria. They were people that Assyria had brought in to the north after Syria invaded. These Samaritans were loyal to an empire that had killed more Jews than Hitler. So when you said a good Samaritan, it really was like saying the good Nazi, the good bad guy, the good traitor, the good rebel. For some of us, it's like saying the good Democrat or the good Republican. You're like, that's not a thing. <laughs> that can't exist. For me, it's kind of like saying the good DMV clerk because I have never had a good experience at the DMV. And if you work at the DMV, God bless you. Thank you for being a light in such a dark place. It was like saying the good bad guy. It didn't make sense to them. But remember, parables are filled with symbolism. Everyone say symbolism. So as we bring this night to an end, I need your help to decipher this parable. Because a parable has characters. And every character is symbol for something or someone. So right now, as we bring this to a close, together, here in Camden, we are going to decipher the code of the Good Samaritan. Are you ready? The Good Samaritan begins with a Jewish man. It begins with a Jewish man. Now, I believe this Jewish man represents something or someone. Does anyone just want to shout out a guess? Who, who do you think this Jewish man could represent? Shout out whatever you think. I heard a few. What did you say? Couldn't quite hear you, but I think you said Judah. And you would be, I believe you would be right. I believe this man represents the people of Judah. He represents his own people. That would make sense, right? He represents the people of Judah. Why do I say that? Because in this parable, this Jewish man got beat up. Kind of like how Babylon beat up on Judah. In fact, he got really beat up. And, and this isn't maybe the best freeze frame. It looks like he's giving them a whooping. But that's exactly what happened. Babylon beat up on Judah. And it left Judah beaten and broken. Do you see what's happening here? 
Jesus is retelling the history of Judah. This isn't just a parable about being a nice guy. This is a history lesson. He's retelling the history of Judah. Because up next in the parable, we meet a Samaritan. My friends, who do you think that Samaritan represents? I believe he represents the Samaritans. Wasn't too hard of a guess, really. (laughs) He represents the Samaritans. Because remember, the Samaritans came down to Judah when Judah returned home. And said, we will help you build your home. But what did Judah do? Judah rejected their help. You know why Judah rejected them? Because they were still angry about the civil war. They were still mad that some of those Samaritans were loyal to Assyria. And most of all, they simply disagreed theologically and politically with the Samaritans. So when the Samaritans offered help, they said, We want nothing to do with you. You are not one of us. And they rejected Samaritans and the Samaritans got really mad and began to make it hard for Judah to rebuild their home. And here is how the story ends. I love this because Jesus does something so dramatic. He changes the end of the story because in real life, the Samaritan offered help and the Jews said no. But in this parable, this Jewish man accepts the help of the Samaritan. And Jesus is saying, this is how the story should have ended. You were too filled with anger and unforgiveness and bitterness and resentment. You had the opportunity to restore a broken relationship. But out of your own pride, out of your own unforgiveness, you rejected them. You're asking me, who is your neighbor? The Samaritans were always your neighbor. Jesus is saying, stop viewing people as your enemy. Just because they disagree with you theologically, they are not your enemy. Just because they disagree with you politically, they are not your enemy. And America needs to hear this right now. We don't have enemies. We have neighbors. The New Testament says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but only against principalities. The devil is your enemy. He's got us, he's got us distracted fighting each other so that he doesn't have to fight. You've got one enemy and he's below your feet. But that DMV clerk is not your enemy. (laughs) Those Democrats, those Republicans, they are not your enemy. The freshmen and the seniors at your school are not the enemy. Even the rival football team, they are not your enemy. They are your neighbor. And Jesus is asking us to treat everyone as if they are our neighbor. Have you ever seen someone you don't like, but unfortunately you were going to have to walk past them? You know that awkward feeling of like, do I get my phone out and pretend I'm on my phone, but then they're going to see me get my phone out and they're going to know I'm pretending to be on my phone. What am I going to do? They're approaching. Do I smile? Do I glare? You know what Jesus is saying? He's saying, hey, you don't have to be their best friend, but you still need to be friendly. Greet them with a smile. Be like the Samaritans and offer, offer that olive branch, offer that peace offering, offer to help. Be like Jesus, because I believe the Good Samaritan also represents Jesus, 
who in our brokenness came and said, I want to help you. I want to rescue you. And too many times we acted like Judah and rejected the help of Jesus. And he is our good Samaritan. Come to rescue us from our own anger and bitterness. So my question to you is, who is the Samaritan in your life? Who is the person that you have been viewing as your enemy? And would you ask God to soften your heart towards them, to view them and treat them as your neighbor? Because they are your neighbor. Amen? Isn't that good news? We don't have enemies. We have neighbors. And Jesus is our friend.